Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato. Commercial Appeal Sports Columnist. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer at the Commercial Appeal. Uh, we are coming to you on the heels of another Tiger victory, a comfortable one over North Alabama at FedEx Forum Wednesday night. Um, Tigers have gone 3-1 um, and one since we last uh, joined you on the podcast, and... Uh, now sit at five and two, heading into a uh, nice little matchup with Ole Miss at FedEx Forum Saturday night. Um, Ole Miss sitting at six and one. So we'll recap the week that was, what Memphis did down in Orlando, going two and one, um, and winning their last two uh, at the ESPN Invitational, and then uh, what happened at FedEx Forum at the North Alabama game. To a certain extent, what we could glean out of it. And then uh, get you ready for that big matchup at FedEx Forum against Ole Miss. Jason, let's start here. Came out 3-1 and one from the week. Um, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't like some sort of, uh, I don't know if it was possible to have like kind of a landmark uh her uh, landmark showing, I guess, at that Orlando event, just the, you know, given there wasn't some marquee team you could take down there. Um, but considering the circumstances of you lose an absolute heartbreaker in the first game against Seton Hall, watching uh, Tyree Samuel bank in a three pointer at the buzzer to beat you, um, rebounding with two, uh, you know, I'd say convincing wins over Nebraska and Stanford. Uh, and then following it up with a comfortable win over North Alabama, pretty good response for this team. Um, where, how do you have them pegged now after we've seen these four games play out over the last week or so? Well, I mean, this is a resilient bunch. Um, I mean, like in, in most, you know, probably last season and the season before, and maybe even the season before that you take a gut punch the way they, did against Siena. I mean, where it was, it wasn't just. You mean against Seton Hall? Yeah, sorry, Seton Hall. Um, it wasn't just, you know, a, a buzzer beater, right? It was, it was a, it was a buzzer beater that came after, you know, at the very least, a few, a few things that you can very clearly point toward and say, if not for that, we're probably walking out of here with a win. We're probably, uh, you know, playing in a better situation. Um, we're not having to turn around and play Nebraska uh, the very next day. 
um, we're probably playing a better a better team, um, and then and then potentially playing Oklahoma in the uh, in in the on the last day. You know, like you, you there there are very tangible things you can point to and say, well, if it hadn't been for that, if it hadn't been for that, if it hadn't been for that, then things would probably be different. And 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 I think that's harder to stomach, right? Like like when you when you can when you can very easily and tangibly uh say what if you know it wasn't just that you went out there and got beat there was a couple of things that happened where you kind of beat yourself and that's i think that's tough to recover from and yet memphis did it like there was nothing left to play for honestly other than you know what do you mean it's early in the and there's like uh, they can say all they want. They went down there to win the tournament, and you'd obviously love to win the tournament more than that. But at the beginning of the season, you could, losing to Nebraska would have been far more disastrous than how they lost to Seton Hall. Like, Seton Hall is going to be remembered as, like, a decent loss. I think that Nebraska loss, they're picked to finish last in the Big Ten. That would have been a bad thing to have on your resume. Well, I don't disagree with you there. You're 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 extolling the virtues of Seton Hall, who lost to Siena on the last day. Siena, who's ranked two hundred three at Ken Palm. I, I I mean, like, you know, I I I I don't disagree with you that that like yeah, you're playing to not fall any further back. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're 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 try, you're playing to not dig the hole any deeper. And so, in that way, yes, there was something to play for. And and but but by and large, beating Nebraska is not going to do much for you. I mean, certainly no. losing, certainly losing is not going to is going to hurt you uh, big time. But but beating them is not going to do anything major for you. Um, and 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 the same goes for Stanford. Although Stanford's a little, at least they're looking a little bit better than Nebraska. But um, you know, they were picked. Lose- they were picked fifth in the Pac-12 this year. They uh, but they have not beaten any. They have really not beaten anyone of consequence yet this year. Yeah, so I mean, and they'll have their chances, and they'll probably sneak up on somebody and and get away because they. I mean, look, uh, they are they are they are very very big, uh, pretty much across the board. Harrison Ingram is uh, the reigning Pac-12 Player of the Year, uh, a young man who was recruited by Memphis, who's got Memphis ties. I believe his father is from Memphis. Um, you know, he's he's legit. Like he's good. He's going to. Uh, uh, be a very good player in his second year there. So I, I do expect Stanford to, to you know, be a competent uh, Pac-12 team uh, this season, but beating them isn't as good as it would have been, say, had you been able to play against Oklahoma and beat them. I mean, we all thought going into this tournament that it was going to be uh, a chance for Memphis to really make some noise. And as it turns out, Florida State is terrible. Um, you know, uh, Stanford isn't isn't you know hasn't quite gotten back to what Stanford can be, um, so yeah, it just it just Stanford's one of those places struggling in the NIL era and the transfer portal era, um, you know, with recruiting yeah. and and re- retention and you know it's hard to get transfers into Stanford, a place like Stanford. It's harder, I should say, um, to get someone in to a place like Stanford and the transfer via transfer. But um, yeah, no, none of, I don't think either of these wins are going to either, neither of the win, none of the wins Memphis got over the last week are going to um, 
I think, be used when you're like, w- w- come February, come March, when we're talking about Memphis's resume, we're not going to go. They've got wins over Stanford and Nebraska and a close loss to Seton Hall. You know, like, I think these games are going to, frankly, be probably either, neither here nor there. But they did come out with a 2-1 and one record, which is what you were, you know, that's that was acceptable. Um, and they've set themselves up because there's, you know, the schedule now starts to heat up a little bit um, with these four SEC games. You know, I think they've put themselves in a spot ha- after starting five and two where, you know, if you can go two and two or better against, you know, Ole Miss starting with Ole Miss Saturday, Auburn in Atlanta, at Alabama, Texas A&M at home, if you can grab two of those games or more, I think you'll be, you know, if you grab if you grab more than two, I think you feel really good about where you are. But I think even if you just, let's say you just win the home games, beat Ole Miss or beat A&M, you know, I think you feel still feel like pretty decent about yourself going into conference play. Yeah, I mean, don't you think they're probably going to be favored in, in those two games and they'll be underdogs against Auburn and Alabama? But, I mm-hmm. mean, uh, you know, that on the neutral floor, Auburn is not Auburn is they've got some flaws you know what I mean like you Mm -hmm. catch them on the right day and it's it's uh it's certainly no gimme for for those Tigers but but no going back to the Orlando tournament like you know even though again they're they were they were fighting to avoid um disaster more than they were like trying to win and, and trying to play for something uh tangible it was it was that it was it was that inten- intangible thing that they really showed me was that again like they could have packed it in they could have said well forget this we're not we came here to win the tournament we're not going to win the tournament we're not even like the best we can do is fifth place in that weird setup that they have with those types of tournaments um, even though they went two and one and Siena went <laughs> one and two or Seton Hall went one and two and somehow they finished ahead of uh, ahead of Memphis in those standings but. Um, but no, like it, it, again, it's the in, intangible thing. Like they could, they could have just said, "Forget it," you know. Like let's get home. I mean that that environment after the Seton Hall game, which was a really, really good environment on a neutral floor, and and a very, very hard fought game. They turn around and have to play at 10 a.m. on getaway day in a gym where it's very uh, quiet. Like Stanford didn't bring anybody. And Memphis, you know, Memphis brought people and they were loud, but like still, it was just like maybe what, 500-ish, maybe 300-ish Memphis fans. And so like it's it's hard to get up for a game like that, but they did. And that is what, that's my point. It's just they they, um, took a punch and were resilient enough and, you know, aware enough of the bigger picture that they gave it, you know, they gave it their all. Like they, you know, they weren't they weren't just sort of halfway going through the motions. They, they, uh, they stayed in the fight, and um, and and I think that's that's uh, pretty commendable. Yeah. No. And and I I think uh, as you look at it, that Seton Hall game, we saw very clearly DeAndre Williams. Didn't play very much. Got in foul trouble. Only played 10 minutes. And what's become very obvious for this Memphis team is 
They need everything they can get. They got to squeeze a lot out of Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams to be successful. And when one of those guys isn't playing, they're going to have a really hard, they're going to have a much harder time being successful. Frankly, you know, like in some ways, this whole season feels a little fragile in the sense that one of those guys goes down for a sizable amount of time. Like it's just going to be, you know, it to me, that's a, you know, that's a game changer. You know, changes the entire trajectory of your season. Um, and if those two guys are healthy, you know, like you're a pretty good outfit. I think you're going to be an NCAA tournament team um, because we've seen, yeah. you know, they played a bad defensive game against St. Louis, but otherwise they've been a real good defensive team. Um, they, while they don't shoot three pointers well, they've been a fairly efficient offense. I know people are like, it's a struggle, you know. You know, it can be pulling teeth sometimes. They got a top 50 efficiency offense in the country right now. Um, They don't turn the ball over as nearly as much as other Penny Hardaway teams do. Um, You know, frankly, I think if you look at the numbers right now, and maybe this is a little influenced by the fact that DeAndre missed so much time in one of their games this season, one of their seven games, but, like, I think his usage rate needs to go up. He's taken... You know, 21.5% of possessions they've had this year end with him with the ball in his hand, either shooting or whatever, turning the ball over. Um, you know, he takes 22.6% of the shots. Kendrick is number one at 30. Um, but if you look at percentage of possessions that end with the ball in his hands, Malcolm Dandridge has a higher possession number than DeAndre Williams right now, and Keontae Kennedy has a higher shot percentage than DeAndre Williams right now. If you can truly get him a little higher as the second most used player on the team, um, given his efficiency numbers right now, I think you can boost the offense a little bit. I'm not saying it's going to be drastically different, but I look at the numbers here and I go, they're playing pretty well, and I think there's a little more DeAndre Williams can do. Even though he's yeah. played pretty well this year, I think he can be a little more selfish, if that makes sense. Um, and so I, I just think this is a team that's going to play a lot of close-ish games, no matter who they're playing against. Whether they're playing against a, a team you view as inferior or a team you, as you view as superior. Because there's not a ton of offense on this team, um, but there's a lot of experience and a lot of guys who are just, t- like, I don't know, just tough, it feels like, and old, and, like, you know, have a, you know, and that can, t- I think having that with the combination of two elite, you know, two guys, a, a, a co- an inside-outside combo and Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams, or I should say DeAndre Williams and Kendrick Davis since it's inside-out, like, I think that's enough to carry you a pretty good way this season. Um, and to, you know, maybe knock off, as you mentioned, Auburn on a neutral site and really put yourself in position to have a strong season. Um, I've seen nothing so far this year that dissuades me from thinking this is an NCAA tournament team, even though they don't have that good. They don't have a great win on their resume yet. Um, so um, I, I, I thought, you know, they did what they needed to do in Orlando um, and they've done what they've needed to do up to this point in the season. And, you know, ultimately, you know, I don't think you really, you know, should be, there should be no reason to be disappointed in that. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't you think this is right that it it feels like 
um, the the majority of the criticism, uh, like there, there's a lot of nitpicking going on here here early in the season. Um, you got a six point loss on the road against a, a, what seems to be a pretty good St. Louis team. And you've got a one-point loss on a uh, very low-percentage shot at the buzzer um, against the Seton Hall team. That we'll see. Like well, the jury's still out on them, but but they're not they're not trash by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think. I don't. You know, it's certainly not North Alabama. Um, so so yeah, it feels like it feels like the criticism that you know is is flying around. Uh, so far this season is a little bit uh, on the on the nitpicky side, and you know, not to not to like um, discount the criticism. I mean, I think people are kind of like, you know, they they say that that I've seen people say that like this team isn't necessarily fun to watch. Or I disagree with that. I like watching oh. them play. <laughs> which which side more, offense or defense? Both. I like that they play together and they know who they are. Everyone knows their role. You know, yeah, are they imperfect? Do they miss shots? Yeah. But they play really hard. They play together. Um, and, like, I find them really fun to root for. This whole, like, angle of all they have all these transfers who've never been to the NCAA tournament. And I think you see that out on the court. They play like a bunch of old dudes who are, you know, know this is like their last chance to make the tournament. Um, and, you know, I think Kendrick Davis, watching him operate at such a high level, I mean, come on. I think it, I think they're a really fun team to watch, actually. Like, not in, like, the traditional, like, high-flying dunks, although Kenny, Keontae Kennedy had one of those the other day, but yeah. just in the sense of, like, I like watching fluid-together basketball. I like watching teams that... Um, again, know who they are and play to those strengths. And I see a lot of that in this group. But you, but you, you can recognize that there are people out there who are, who, who are, you know, sort of complaining about that's one of the, that's one of the things they're complaining about is that it's, it's, is that it's ugly and, and whatever. And like, Hey, I don't not, find it ugly. And I would say this. No, I don't agree with them. I, I don't accept, no, I don't really, I, I, I guess I would say you don't really, I, I would say you don't, I would say to people like that, it's like, you know what? Like, this is the best way this team can win. I want to see this team play the best way it can to win games. If it was trying to run up and down the court, they wouldn't win games. I want to see a team that is do, playing the way that is the best way to win games. And that's what I think we're seeing from this team so far. Yeah, no, like, and I agree with you. I'm not saying I'm not saying that uh, that we should agree with with. I'm just pointing out that there. No, is no, a, you're giving the devil's advocate side of it, and I would just say I, I find I find that sort of line of thinking to be like I reject it. I reject it as like I reject it's like not even I, I kind of reject it. It's, um, I'm trying to think of the right word here. Um, you know that it's even that it's a valid complaint to have, right, right, right. and I agree with you. But but uh, you know uh, that, that, and that's what I'm trying to say is that I, I think as the season goes along and they continue, like you know, yeah, they're going to lose some games here and there, but by the end of the year, they're going to be in that you, you they they appear on the certain like so far, 
it seems like they're going to be in a good position come the end of the year. And that's what I, I think people are kind of like, you know, uh, maybe a little bit kind of, they want the instant gratification. They like, while we wait on a second straight NCAA tournament berth, we at least want to see some, some uh, uh, exciting stuff on the court. Um, and, and if, and, you know, like, obviously you want to win, that's, that's the end of it. But like, if, if you, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's, yeah. That, well, <laughs> well, Jason, I'm gonna be honest. I've been pretty excited about what I've seen from Alex Lomax the last three games. I've been pretty excited about what I've seen from Chandler Lawson during this recent stretch. I've been you know, pretty excited from some of the flashes Keontae Kennedy has shown. Um, you know, I've been pretty excited about the steadiness of Jaden Hardaway. Um, I'm pretty excited that Kendrick Davis has thus far, despite some close calls, seems to be avoiding injury-ish, sort of. Um, yeah. see, or at least seems to be managing that injury issue pretty well. Um, and, you know, I honestly think the one really concerning thing was that one Seton Hall game where DeAndre gets in foul trouble and you realize, man, like it was bad when he got in foul trouble the past two years. It's really bad when he gets in foul trouble this year. Um, that would be the one thing if I was to flag something that I've seen lately that concerned me, that would be it. Yeah. I mean, like even the three point shooting that, that, that was getting picked on quite a bit and rightfully so early in the season is starting to come around. Uh, I mean, they, they, what, what they shot like 47% from three last night, uh, in the win against North Alabama mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, it's North Alabama, but like still it's at the same time, it's not nothing. Um, yeah, they were eight for 17, 47% for three. Uh, that a big part of that was Jonathan Lawson going three for four, um, from, from beyond the arc. Um, but yeah, no, I mean like DeAndre has to stay out of foul trouble. He did a really good job of it against North Alabama, zero fouls in 18 minutes on the floor, scored 15 points, seven of nine shooting in his last two games. He is, uh, let's see, uh, 11 of 15 from the floor. I mean, you got to keep, yeah, it's just to your point. Like if he and Kendrick Davis can stay healthy, stay out of foul trouble, all that stuff, um, it it raises the ceiling of this team significantly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, big game on Saturday at FedEx Forum for the Tigers. 6.30 tip against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is now sitting at, as we mentioned earlier, 6-1, and one, coming up off a loss to Oklahoma in the championship game of the ESPN Invitational. They beat the Stanford team that Memphis beat in the final game of that event. They beat them 72-68 in, the opening ga- in their opening round game of that tournament. Um, so Ole Miss off to a pretty decent start here this year. Um, old friend... Uh, Matthew Morell is playing very well for them, the uh, Whitehaven product. Um, they have not had um, – is his name Deshaun Ruffin, I believe? Um, That's right. Yeah, so far this year. I don't know if there's any update on his status. Jason, have you heard anything recently? I can tell you, I uh, according to a piece that appeared on redcuprebellion.com, Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. It was posted two days ago. So it was posted. What's today? It was posted Tuesday. And, um, the exact wording 
is uh, there has been chatter. Ruffin will see the court for his first minutes against Memphis on December 3rd. So mm, interesting. Uh, they, they were saying they were saying um, he was maybe he was de- dealing with a bone bruise and they yeah. were saying he might play in Orlando. Never did, though. Um, so, um, yeah, that that would be another another wrinkle to the matchup, because last year, Deshaun Ruffin was their best player. Um, so that would be a, an intriguing addition for Ole Miss. It's a, like I said, it's an, it's a big game for Memphis in the sense that, again, I don't think a loss is the end of the world. Um, it puts a little more pressure on those other SEC games, but you know, Memphis lost to a worse Ole Miss team last year and still made the NCAA tournament. Um, I also don't think it's a feather in your cap. You know, I don't think this is going to be a quad one win when all said and done. Um, but it, you know, I think Ole Miss is going to be a middle of the pack SEC team um, among the teams probably on the bubble from the SEC. And to have a win over a fellow bubble team can be helpful uh, come March and selection show time. So um, it's a it's a game, you know, because it's at home, especially. I think you want to win this one. Obviously, you want, yeah. but like that's a bad way of putting it. You want to win all of them, but you know what I mean. It's a it's a winnable game of a a a game that you you will be favored in. You know, according to Ken Bob, Memphis is a seven point favorite in this game, and it'd be nice to have. Yeah, I mean, and and the other thing is like you mentioned the loss last season. You certainly would like to, and even though most of this year's team wasn't even here uh, for that for that loss there still are some pieces you probably would like to get uh, get you know uh, this is a get back game for uh, the likes of Alex Lomax and DeAndre Williams and Jaden Hardaway um, you know it was uh, I mean that was the game it was in the in the midst of the four game losing streak it was their third loss in a row having lost to um, previously in that stretch having lost to Georgia and Iowa State um, and they followed it up with uh, a loss to uh, Murray State, um, and it was, you know, that that was probably the the first time that Penny went national with his with his comments and um, concerns, sort of airing out the dirty laundry that was going on behind the scenes to uh, some national media members um, after that game. So. Yeah, there's still a little bit of a sour taste going on, and then also, I mean, not only that, it's 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 uh, Matthew Morell coming to play uh, in his hometown for the first time since yeah. since going down going down to Oxford, and and also, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but who did who did he play for at Whitehaven? Oh yeah, Faraji Phelps. Didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. So Mem- now Memphis assistant. He should know how to. He should know his weaknesses. I think he's been yeah, he's been yeah. with Matthew for a long. He was with Matthew for a long time as his coach. Um, I didn't mention, by the way, um, Amory Abram, the freshman who's been starting in place of Deshaun Ruffin, do, doing a nice job, a six four point guard. Like I think I think one of the big things in this game um, against Ole Miss is going to be the size of those Ole Miss guards. How do one? How does Memphis handle them defensively with Kendrick and Alex Lomax? Because um, Morell is a bigger, athletic guy, six three, six four, 
and Abram is also listed at 6'4". And then the other side of the ball, you know, how much does that length on the perimeter bother Memphis with their their two small guards? I feel like that is going to be a the, the a pivotal thing because we've seen, you know, I know against Stanford it was a it was a nice sign to see Memphis win with Kendrick Davis having an off night. I don't know if you can beat Ole Miss with Kendrick Davis having an off night. You know what I mean? Like I think you need him to get you know get going like he normally does. Um, and he's going. He's potentially, you know, my guess is they'll put Morrell on him um, initially. Uh, but it'll, that's that's going to be a very very uh, interesting matchup. And then Ruffin being the wild card if he makes his season debut. Yeah, and that's the other thing about um, Ruffin. You know, he only played 14 games last season uh, due to a variety of injuries. Um, did not play against Memphis. Uh, so, you know, that if he plays, they're going to be he's going to be seeing Memphis for the first time. They're, Memphis is going to be seeing him for the first time, even if he plays. I mean, it's his first action in quite some time. He, he had a knee injury that, uh, that cut his – like in, in ended his freshman season prematurely. So it's like, it's been a while, you know what I mean? Since he's, since he has seen live competition against another team. So, um, I don't, you know, like take that for what it's worth. Um, but it's going to be, it, it, it's, I don't think you would call this like a notch in your belt type of game, mm-hmm. but maybe, I mean, like who's to say once they get rough and back, if they stay hot, and, uh, it- it would probably be your best win of the year to date. That's, I think, the best way to put it. It'd be your yeah. best win of the year to date. Yeah, I, I don't see it ever becoming a quad one situation. Mm-hmm. But it could be a really nice quad two win if you get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no, those, it, those are those it's are a whole, you got to win these home games. These are the these are the type. If you get an SEC team to come to Memphis or Power Five, like you got these are the types of games you got to win for your resume. You know, like these, yeah, that's, that's, it's a home game and it should be a nice crowd. You know, I mean, I think there'll be a good, a really good amount of Memphis fans. I think there'll be some Ole Miss fans there. I mean, I remember two years, you know, the last time we had a non COVID crowd for an Ole Miss game, I believe, I guess was the 2019 season. Um, it was the first game, if I recall correctly, the first game, um, DJ Jeffries missed due to injury. Um, or that sounds right. Maybe it wasn't the first game. He maybe later suffered more another injury, but they didn't have DJ Jeffries in the game. Uh, um, and and came and and remember and held off a late Ole Miss rally. That's right. And John Morant was there um, because of uh, his buddy. Uh, forget who was on the. I'm trying to think here. Um. Who was on that Ole Miss team? Yeah, Devontae Schuler um, was on that Ole Miss team, and and ja, he's like childhood friends with Ja Morant, um, and so Ja was there. But uh, I think it'll be another good atmosphere um, and a fun game. And uh, you know, if nothing else, you have to admit at this point this this Tigers team. I don't know if battle tested is the right phrase, but. They've just they've played a lot of meaningful games so far. And I think the way they've performed down the stretch of those games, taking out the Seton Hall game, 
um, gives you a lot of reason to believe that as they enter this kind of pivotal stretch of their non-conference schedule, that they can navigate it successfully. You know, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but to me, I suspect, I, I'm hopeful that they'll go two and two or better in these SEC games they have coming up. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we're sitting here talking about the Ole Miss game, the Texas A&M game, the, the Auburn game that they might be able to steal or whatever. But don't forget, uh, Alabama last season had just beaten Gonzaga and Houston back-to-back when they came to FedEx Forum. And Memphis was yeah. coming off four consecutive losses, and Memphis handed it to the Crimson Tide. It was on their home floor, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm about to say it's at home and, you know, that was a, I mean, do you remember that game? Like that was like, if you could argue in some ways, Memphis played its best game of the year in that game, that or the at Houston game were the two best performances that Memphis team had last season. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. Um, but going back to the, uh, environment for the, for the last time there were fans for an Ole Miss game in FedEx forum, they announced 17,800 plus. Uh, was the announced attendance for that game. Precious scored 25. DJ scored 23. Um, and if I recall... Oh, so DJ, I, did pl- DJ did play in that game? Yeah, it was kind of Okay, like so I got, my, I got my facts mixed up there. It may have been his last game before he got hurt or something like that. But, uh, I thought he was like sick or something. I don't know. Man, man, whatever. It doesn't matter. But um, yeah, if I remember right, Ole Miss threw up a prayer at the buzzer and like it almost went in. Um, Oh no, no, they did hit, they did hit a buzzer beating three pointer. Blake Henson hit a buzzer beating three pointer. uh, But obviously it it didn't matter because they lost by one point. So Mm -hmm. um, it needed to be a four pointer for, for the, for to keep the game going. But But they made um, a furious um, comeback at the end. Memphis try almost threw the game away. If I recall correctly. See, that's another thing that, you know, we keep talking about what's different about this team, you know, and like that's yet like it, it. you never felt comfortable going down the stretch last year, the year before, or you rarely felt comfortable. Even if Memphis was up by 10, you, you knew the other team was going to make a run. You just knew it. And that's just not what's it, it doesn't feel like that is. You know, like it feels like this team is almost. Uh, like, like they're they're very good at um, avoiding those sorts of uh, uh, contentious um, moments. Like, anyway, I, that, that, enough of that. Um, yeah, it's a new yeah. year, and uh, it's starting to heat up now. Um, now that we're seven games in, um, big one on Saturday, Memphis Ole Miss, six thirty. Jason and I will be in the house chronicling the action. We'll have coverage leading into the game, coverage heading out of the game over at commercialappeal.com. Make sure, if you haven't already, sign up for Jason's text group. If you really want to be in the know about Memphis basketball, you need to be signed up for that text group. Jason's always uh, putting out little nuggets that you can't find anywhere else on there. Um, check out his Twitter page at Munsley for details uh, on how to join. Um, and yeah, it's uh, you know, college football regular season's over, 
now uh, now's when hoops really starts to uh, get hot and heavy. So we're looking forward to it. I hope you are too. My thanks to Jason. Thank you for joining us. We will catch you next week post Ole Miss, post Little Rock uh, here on the Tiger Basketball Podcast. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.